Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters. I'm really excited today to introduce Heather Almendinger to you, and I probably just murdered her name, but she'll fix it for me if I need to. Um, So meet Heather, the radiant soul whose life took a transformative turn when she became a certified health coach. She discovered that periods are vital and they are an outward sign of inner health. Just like blood pressure and heart rate, these cycles shape our physical, emotional, and mental health. So we're here today to talk about our periods and how they shift during perimenopause and how that's part of everything that we have to deal with during perimenopause. And so I thought I'd bring in, like I said, a period expert to help me discuss this with you. And Heather, it is so wonderful to have you here today. Um, Tell us a little bit about how this became the topic for your health coaching. Thank you, John. It is so great being here today. It was actually kind of by accident. Uh, One of my certifications in health coaching was through pregnancy. And I wanted to work with those that were trying to get pregnant or found out they were pregnant and wanted to make sure that they were as healthy as they could be and making sure that their baby and the pregnancy went as smoothly as possible because pregnancy can be as ugly as anything else. It We're not always happy and jolly and it's it's there is a dark side to pregnancy. And what I found was I, I went from pregnancy and wanting to work with pregnancy and it was re- suggested that I go and look into the trying to conceive world, give them value. I have a lot of value with nutrition and understanding different things with nutrition and I found we don't know about our periods. I had beautiful souls that I'm coming in contact with that thought an ovulation predictor kit was a way to confirm ovulation. They, I found some that thought that they could get pregnant anytime during their cycle. Uh, it just, and those are just some of the very like minor ones that I came across. And so I took a dive into periods um and finding those answers because i wanted to find out yeah it's a it's an amazing topic um and there's a lot of places that we can go um 
but I want to start and hopefully, hopefully you'll follow along. I want to start with hormonal birth control because what we have done as a society, as a group, um, we kind of demonized our periods and said, oh, if we take these hormones, we can suppress our periods, not just pregnancy. I remember, okay, so I, I first started on hormonal birth control in the early 70s. And at that point, you they really did not suppress your period the way the the current crop of hormonal birth controls do. And frankly, after a few years on hormonal birth control, I got to the point where I didn't like the idea that it was suppressing my period and felt like maybe that isn't the way we should be going. And of course, if you know how I approach menopause, it's very holistic, very natural. Let's try and see if we can support our body through the natural process versus let's change the natural process to something else. So talk to me a little bit about hormonal birth control and how it affects periods, pregnancy, perimenopause, all the peas. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you've opened up a can of worms, Jean. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. So, okay. I see them down here on my floor. <laughs> All those little worms. What happens with hormonal birth control? Uh, there are many different kinds, but it's usually made. There's the combination, which is a mixture of a synthetic estrogen and a synthetic progesterone called progesterone or progestin. Sorry, not progestin. And what that does. When you have low levels of estrogen and high levels of progesterone, you're tricking your body into thinking it's pregnant. Mm -hmm. What it's doing is with low levels of estrogen, it is limiting the amount of blood that's being grown in your endometrial lining. Mm -hmm. um, the cervical mucus is toxic to sperm. The progesterone or progestin is minimizing the release of the follicular stimulating hormone from the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, and since estrogen's not rising, that's then minimizing or stopping the message to the brain saying, hey, shoot the luteinizing hormone. We need the luteinizing hormone to ovulate. Without ovulation, we don't have the corpus luteum. Without the corpus luteum, we don't have progesterone, which our body needs. Our natural yeah. progesterone. Let me just our natural. So you're now getting synthetic progestins and mm -hmm. no natural progesterone and less estrogen. Correct. Uh, just, just trying to put it a little bit into the terms that I use all the time with my listeners. Yep. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad that you're clarifying this for me uh, and making sure that your listeners understand. And then what happens is when we don't have, when we have those lo low levels of estrogen and low levels of progestin, we don't cycle mm -hmm. because we don't have an endometrial, if we do have an endometrial lining during that fourth week of pill, that is a withdrawal bleed because those pills that you're taking have no estrogen, they have no hormones. It's a sugar pill. So it is a withdrawal bleed. 
it's not a true period. It's just our body says, okay, there's nothing stopping me from holding on to this. So I'm going to have a withdrawal bleed. It's usually a lighter bleed. Um, and there are some that skip it. And what that's doing is estrogen is needed for breast health. It's needed for heart health. It's needed for bone health. Um, estrogen and progesterone, natural estrogen and progesterone are like yings and yangs. You need the estrogen and you need the progesterone to balance out that, uh, or the progesterone to balance out the estrogen. Estrogen's a growth hormone. Progesterone is a normalizing hormone. Estrogen increases blood volume. Progesterone narrows those blood vessels a little bit and normalizes the blood uh, volume. Estrogen is a clotting hormone. It causes cl clotting. Progesterone is not, it, it decreases the clotting in our blood. Um, progesterone normalizes breast tissue growth where estrogen grows breast tissue growth. Progesterone releases the endometrial lining where estrogen grows the endometrial lining. So it's you see the balance between those two. And when we go on that hormonal birth control, it's not just suppressing the estrogen and progesterone. When we put our young teenagers on hormonal birth control, it stops the cervix from maturing. Our that cervix I did not know at all. Yes, it. Our cervix fully matures in our twenties. Hmm. So from the time that we are born until our early teens, before puberty starts, there is a very thin lining of skin around our cervix. Over from the time we start puberty until our early 20s, layers of skin develop on our cervix to protect our uh, reproductive system. Mm -hmm. Hormonal birth control delays that maturity. So it's opening our bodies up to more infection. Um, it develops a layer of like 20 to 25 layers of skin deep um, over the course of those 10 years or so from when we first start menstruating until our early 20s. My goodness. This is a lot of stuff. I, I focus my work on menopause so that what this, this part of life is stuff that I haven't really studied. I know some of it, but this is fascinating. So, um, and the other thing I want to, want to point out really important is that these hormonal birth control pills and, um, and Mirena as well which is also hormonal, which is a IUD versus pill, um, are not bioidentical hormones. There is no bioidentical hormonal birth control that I know of. You may know of something, but as far as I know, all of them are synthetics. So that when we get to this stage of our lives and we get really um insistent on these bioidenticals if you've been taking hormonal birth control throughout your life all of a sudden you're switching from synthetics which the especially the progestins are not necessarily safe 
they are progestins in particular have a cancer causing component mm -hmm. and now you're you know now you're saying oh i need i need bioidenticals so what i'm saying is is to you who are in your perimenopausal years to you who are looking at your children your daughters and saying oh i need to get them on birth control so that they can be safe yeah being on birth control is probably safer than being pregnant um especially now but it's not safe no. in the same way that we we think of not being on birth control is safe to our bodies it's a huge problem because as a feminist as a woman who grew up in the early second phase of feminism the 70s the 60s birth control is a big thing it's important for us to have control over our bodies it's important for us not to be not to get pregnant when we don't want to but it's also important to be healthy <laughs> so this is a this is a situation where where perhaps we've gotten ourselves into a double bind and i don't have a i don't have any solutions i and i'm going to let turn it back to you in a second heather <laughs> i want you as listeners to be aware that that this can be a double bind it can be a double bind for your children for your daughters it can be a double bind for you as you're going through and up to these years um it, the hormone the hormones we get in hormonal birth control can save a lot of problems i know that i was lucky i was not not the person the girl with the 28 day periods and the you know the the i can't go to school today i was pretty normal in in that but we need to make informed decisions and i don't think that we have had that in information that we really should have so heather it's your turn to talk about <laughs> this just to kind of piggyback on this double-edged sword the who the world health organization mm -hmm. has recognizes the combination pill as a group one carcinogen Okay. So, yes, <laughs> they recognize that as a group one carcinogen. So there's that. Um, and just understanding that there are teenagers that go on hormonal birth control and are dying from heart attacks and strokes because of the synthetic hormones. So I know your listeners are probably asking, what is another option? I am all about informed consent. So it's understanding what this birth control is doing, the pros and the cons, but there is another option and it's known as knowledge-based. Okay. And knowledge-based, you might've heard of as fertility awareness mm -hmm. method, based method, or natural family planning. The method that I've been trained on and teach mm -hmm. has a 93 to 98% effective rate of production preventing pregnancy same as the combination pill 
It is listening to your body. It is understanding. We have biomarkers that are shown. Our body talks to us and it lets us know where we are in our menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. It lets us know when our high fertility uh, time frame is. It lets us know when we are infertile because we have high fertility areas in our cycle and we have low fertility or infer- infertile times in our cycle. Yeah. Our biomarkers tell us where this is at there are many things that can affect the biomarkers including medication stress changes in medication illness exercise poor nutrition it the list goes on and on but it's understanding your cycle it's learning your cycle knowing what those signs are with your body Mm-hmm. is a game changer and you can actually then go you can be tracking your cycle and apps help um and they can be easy however they you may not be able to get all the information you need on an app mm-hmm. and also know that apps can be there's been some cases where apps have been subpoenaed for um especially since last June or June yeah. of 2022, they've been subpoenaed because there's been tracking of a period, then there's no period for two, three months, and then there's a period again. And there's the question of why was there no period? So we're getting yeah. into a little bit of a gray, um, dark time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mince words. You 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 danced around it a little bit. Um, I may actually put a warning on this particular episode because what we're talking about is the state coming in and saying i want to know exactly what you might have done so that i can charge you and let us be very very clear there are women in prison in jail right now in a, in the united states of america who are in prison for endangering a fetus that they cannot legally abort nor can they safely deliver and we are in we are in a very very dark time and it's important for us to know that this whole thing has gotten out of hand and we need to be able to control our own bodies, to understand our own bodies so that we we have babies when we want them and we have healthy babies, strong babies that will survive. And that if you are in a position where that's not where you are, then visit your Aunt Heather. I would love to talk to you. Because you can't come here. I live in Louisiana (laughs) where we have made it illegal for a woman to understand her own body and control it. So, like I said, this is probably, you probably saw the explicit warning on this, on this episode. It is there because we talk about some very hard topics here. Yep. And knowing that 
women need this ability to understand their bodies, control their bodies. And if you are like I was as a teenager or a young adult, you need to be able to, to provide yourself additional methodologies to prevent pregnancy that don't necessarily require hormones and they don't necessarily require that you have that much knowledge about your body. I was irregular for a zillion years. Uh, I was only regular when I was on the pill or that three or four years I was. I was then not regular until I hit perimenopause, in which, at which point um, the elevated levels of FSH normalized my periods to a great extent. But we need to know that there are knowledge-based methods and there are barrier methods. And probably the best combination is both of those together. Yes. And we yeah. need to teach our children that. Absolutely. It, it's So I know in school I was taught that we could get pregnant at any time during our cycle. And I've come across many who have told, been told, yes, I, knew, I learned the math problem. Egg plus sperm equals baby. Yeah. And they go by that. And we are, our egg, once it's ovulated, is only able to accept sperm for 24 hours. It's a very small window. Our fertility window is five to six days because our cervical mucus will keep sperm alive for that long. Ah. So it's those lovely sperm that we're keeping alive for that long for, for the, one of uh, my clients calls the egg, the diva. Oh. She looks at it as a concert. Okay. <laughs> the groupies are showing up five to six days. They're lining up on the streets to get into the concert to see this diva. And this diva is only there for 12 to 24 hours, but they don't know what 12 to 24 hours she's going to show up. So Taylor, <laughs> Tay Tay, where are you? <laughs> So our bodies hold that cervical mucus. They It makes the cervical mucus with the estrogen. And it holds that it keeps those sperm alive for as long as it can, hoping that an egg will arrive. Even with perfect timing of sperm being in the fallopian tubes waiting for the diva to show up, there's only a 66% chance of pregnancy every cycle. And... The numbers I was told, and I'm going back to my bio, uh, my uh, one of my classes in, I can't even remember what it was in, but it was at Wayne State University in 1977. So this is this is old information. This information has been there for a long time. And that is that even once we once the sperm, fertilizes the egg, the implantation, and the ability of that to actually split and start making a zygote and then an embryo and then a fetus is something like, like you said, it's not every time. And the whole, once, once, once that fur egg is fertilized, this is a baby is so not true because there are genetic abnormalities, there are congenital abnormalities. 
there are holding on to that egg in the uterine lining, all of those things add up to a, every healthy baby being a miracle. Yeah. It, yes, because they're finding science is showing that out of those that do have a fertilized egg and the egg goes into the uterus to implant, 50% will be released in that monthly cycle. It will not, it is an unviable pregnancy. Unviable or for, or for what other? Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about a minuscule per, of percentage when you add the 66% and then the 50%. So 50% of 66%, you're down to about a third. Yeah. Now, okay. I'm going to be real clear here <laughs> because this doesn't give permission to go out and just have sex whenever you want, <laughs> because I am an adoptee. I may have mentioned that on the show before, but I am an adoptee who likely is the child of a mother who got pregnant on her first, uh, first intercourse. I have a half sister who is also likely to be the product of a single episode of intercourse plus our oldest brother who is younger than both of us is likely to be a wedding night present to my to my birth mother and the man she eventually married um so yes we need to be aware of where our bodies are we need to take care of um of staying pregnant when we want and not pregnant when we don't want but the chances aren't it's just it's a crazy mix it now is. getting into perimenopause let's let's be real there are a couple things that i need to say here because um these are the myths and misconceptions and just plain out out not lack of knowledge that there is out there a woman can get pregnant up until the time she has not had a period for a year after that point should she have any bleeding whatsoever from mild spotting to a full-blown period to a mega period which happens sometimes during perimenopause she should be reporting that to her doctor and going in to make sure that she is not dealing with something bad. Yes. It's it's about from what I hear the the um the incidence of being something bad, which would be ovarian uterine uh cervical cancer, uh, is about 20%. But that's still a huge number. Yes. It's still a huge number. So if you do bleed after that last month, uh, after that year of period, a year of no periods, some days I think the word period is just like a pain in the neck as it comes in. <laughs> it gets into too many of my sentences. Anyway, if you have a have bleeding after you've hit that year period free you do need to talk to your doctor before that year period you do need to be on birth control to be assured that you do not have an unwanted pregnancy 
you do want to be pregnant, then there's a lot more involved generally. Um, yes. You know, some, some women just get pregnant at that time, but other women who want that baby before they hit menopause, that's a more difficult thing. So Heather, can you talk a little bit about that? And, um, well, it's, I was considered a geriatric mother at 38. I was pregnant oh. at 38, delivered right before my 39th birthday. And I dived into pregnancy in my 40s because I was so close to being in my 40s when I was trying mm -hmm. to get pregnant. And what research I found was that by the time you're 42, there's a 50% chance of twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just be aware of that. With the knowledge base, um, if you choose to go natural, and there are ways that you can do that within perimenopause, just you have to, I would su highly suggest working with a coach instead of a do-it-yourself. Because um, it's it's really understanding when the safe times are and understanding, because I'm in late perimenopause right now. I am doing the knowledge base. So um, if you're you're uncomfortable with it, definitely look into the birth control or barrier method every single time that you engage um, in sex with your partner. But there is a way to do it knowledge-based. Okay, great. Um, so that that is an option even because I even teach those that are breastfeeding how to keep from conceiving very shortly after having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and and I have had a few arguments with individuals who are like, oh, when you're in perimenopause, you can't you can't track your cycle that way. There is a way. That's good to know because I don't know it. This is this is something where where you need somebody who's really an expert. Yes. Heather, thank you so much for coming today and sharing all this amazing information. Uh, what's the single best way? I've got a ton of links uh, that are going to be in the show notes. Show notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, could you please just tell everybody, where's the best place to find you? The easiest place to find me is go to my Facebook personal page. Okay. Um, look up Heather M. Almendinger. That's probably the fastest and easiest way. I And that'll link you to my Facebook business page, my Instagram personal and business page, my website, my guide to PMS my guide to cyclical living if you have teens or tweens how to understand or help your teens or tweens understand their cycles a lot of resources are quickest ways just to go to my facebook page personal thank facebook you page. thank you so much for joining us today i think that there's been a ton of great information and heather has a ton of great more of great information to share with you so Look her up if this is a topic of interest to you or you have teenagers coming along that you need to worry about this because you do. You do need to worry about this. So thanks so much, Heather. Oh, you're welcome, Jean. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review. 
and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you. 